0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as... Brother Ogden, who was the founding pastor of this church, used to say, heathen. Do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Ever say many words? Notice it says vain repetitions. They think they will be heard for their many words. I don't know about you, or if you're willing to admit it, but I'm willing to admit it tonight and confess this before all you all. I've been caught up in that trap before. Been caught up in that trap. Think if I just pray more. If I just pray more. If I just keep asking if I pray more because the vain repetition literally means to repeat the same things over and over and over again to use many idle words you know when you're not seeing it happen you think well maybe I just need to say it more therefore do not be like them oh maybe I don't need to say it more then since he said don't be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him Okay, so it's not like you have to inform God of something that he doesn't know. And if you feel like you have to inform him, then you're going to have to feel like that you've got to inform him again and again, just in case, you know, like, when you're, like the way you raise your kids. Say thank you. Say thank you. Say thank you. Say yes, ma'am. Say no, ma'am. Say yes, sir. Right? Say thank you. Say thank you. But your Heavenly Father knows. He knows what you have need of before you ask. Isn't that good to know that? Yeah. It's so good yeah. to know. Which means, that, that tells me that He cares. He cares deeply. Yeah. And since He knows, He also wants you to come and let Him know. Yeah. Because this is a relationship. He, he knows, but He wants you to come to him like he already knows yeah. and present your prayers to a father who is available to you who is willing for you who's not just capable but he's also willing yeah. we all believe that God can right yeah. right yeah. then if we believe that he can then we also must believe that he will yeah. there's no there's no there's no point to just know that God can well what good does that do you God can, God can do anything. Yeah, okay, that, yeah, yeah, he can, but how is that going to help you where you are just to know God can? What you need to also know is that he will. Yeah. It's, not, it's not enough to just know that he can, I can. I've told you this before, if my, one of my children, um, if, they, if one of them is sick, I only have one in the house now, and, um, and I have a medication that can heal him, that can bring a quick recovery for him, and I do not administer that to him, what kind of father am I? What kind of father would you think I am if I have what can cure his ill, but I don't give it to him, right? It's not enough to just have the ability, God's not just wanting you to know that he can, but he also needs you to understand in saying that he can, he's also saying he will. Matthew 7, verse 7, the next chapter. Matthew 7, 7, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone, 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 everyone. Is this you? Are you in the crowd? Are you in the everyone? Everyone. You're not the exception to the rule. You're the everyone. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? (laughs) Kind of funny, but I mean, it's not real funny. (laughs) Try this rock, son. (laughs) Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. Or if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things To those who ask, see, I love this because Jesus defines very clearly for us here what a good gift is. Just so we don't get off in this religious kind of thinking and this ethereal like, well, the Lord knows best. I guess. I mean, I thought it this was good, but God's good is different than my good. Apparently, why? No, God's not like that. He's not cruel like that. What's good to you is good to him, right? It's the same thing. And He says, watch. If your child asks for what? Bread, you're not going to give them a stone. Or if they ask for a fish, you're not going to give them a snake. If you know how to give what gifts? Good gifts. What's a good gift? Giving them what they asked for. That's how he defines a good gift. Giving them what they asked for. How much more will your heavenly Father give what you've asked for? Isn't that something? Give good things to those who ask him. That's why we can pray again going off of Sunday with this assurance, with this confidence. Now we're going to go to Luke 11, and we're going to kind of parallel here. Same, same idea, but a little different in its wording. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me, the door is now shut, my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Hmm. So, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. It sounds like Jesus, to me, if you're, if you're reading this account and Matthew's account, it sounds like he's contradicting himself a little bit. Because beforehand he was saying, don't do... These many words, these vain repetitions, and now it looks like he's encouraging us to persist, persist, persist. Right? He said it's not even a matter that he's his friend. It's because he keeps on asking. He keeps on knocking. Right? But now here, it looks like that's what he's saying. But we know he's not saying that because Jesus is not going to contradict himself. But watch. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open. This is going to become clearer in just a moment. Verse 10, for everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. Verse 11, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give? The Holy Spirit. Whoa. Matthew said good things, and Luke says the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. In other words, what he's saying is everything that you need that's good is found in the person of the Holy Spirit. And don't forget, according to 1 Corinthians 2.12, sorry, I didn't give this to you, Matthew. Um, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have freely been given to us by God. So you get the Holy Spirit, then you get to know what's freely been given to you, all the good gifts from your Father. You see this? How much more will you give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay, let's back up for just a moment. Verse 5 of Luke 11. Let's go back there for just a moment. He said to them, which of you shall have a friend? Everybody say friend. friend. All right. So this is a friend that shows up at his friend's house, knocks on the door at midnight, says, hey, I need some food. I had a friend just show up out of town. Can you help me out? What is his answer? In verse 7, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me. In bed I cannot rise and give to you. Now watch, Jesus is making, he's making a distinction here. A friend is outside of the house. A friend is outside of the house. Where are the children? They are in there with their father. Then Jesus says, he goes from the friend, now he says, if a son asks. This is a whole different deal. The son gets what the father has. That's the right thing to do. That's the right kind of parenting that you give your children what they ask for. A friend is going to have to persist. A friend is on the outside. They don't have a right to what's in the house. All they can do is simply ask from the outside, and maybe you do, maybe you don't. But the children have a right to everything in the house. He says, my children, see, you're not the friend outside the house. You're the children in bed with the father. This is your position. This is where you are. And too many Christians are acting like they're the friend rather than the child in the house. And they're praying and they're trying and they're trying and they're striving and they're persisting and they're working, working, working. And Jesus says, you sound like people that don't know me. Don't be like the heathen. They don't know who I am. They think they'll be heard with their, many, with their persistence. But I will say this. It is how Cornelius came into the kingdom. Cornelius... Who was not in the family. Not in the family of God. Let's go to Acts chapter 10 for just a moment. This just came, Mommy, is that right? if we just have just a kind of a revelation moment here? I'm enjoying what God is doing right now. He just dumped something. Just like, hey Eric, remember this part? Oh yeah, God, that's awesome. Anyway. Acts chapter 10. Why didn't you think, why didn't you see that when you were studying? I don't know, Lord. I was thinking about having to play the stupid drums tonight. There was... There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called the Italian Regiment. Any Italians in the house? Where? One, two, kind of. Okay. Now watch this. Look what it says about him. A devout man, one who feared God with all of his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Who's this guy? He's the persistent Friend, look at him. He's a devout man, in other words, he's going to do what he says he's going to do. He fears God with all of his household. All right, so he's training his children up to have a fear and a reverence of God. He gives alms generously to the people, in other words, this is an offering for the poor and he does it generously and he prays to God always. This is a man of prayer. What's the problem, though? He's not saved. He's not saved. He's banging on the door. He's banging on the door. He's persisting. Cornelius is kind of just watching how the Jews, the people of God, live their lives. And so he, because he's not learning this from his culture. So he's looking at this holy people and he's doing what he can to mimic them. He's knocking on the door, but he's not in the house. Well, an angel shows up at Cornelius' house. Now, let me say something about this. Cornelius looks saved, doesn't he? Matter of fact, if you, if you came over to Cornelius' house, you walked in and you saw what was going on, you wouldn't even probably think that you needed to witness to him. Because he's got all the right stuff in all the right places. He's got the lingo down. Hmm? Well, the scripture says you'll know him by their fruits, but yeah, he's got got some good things here, but he's still not saved. But he does get God's attention. Let's keep reading for just a moment. About the ninth hour of the day, this is three o'clock in the afternoon, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? He said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. How interesting is this? A memorial. In other words, he keeps hearing you knocking. And he's watching you and you're giving. And you've got God's attention by your persistence. So he said, now, next. Uh, and now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. So you know that Joppa's 30 miles south of Caesarea. And Simon's there and he's, he's hanging out at another guy named Simon's house. Simon the Tanner. And Peter's up on top of the roof. And he's waiting for his dinner to get fixed. And while he's there, that vision happens where he sees that sheet let down from heaven, remember? And all the four footed kind of animals, and every beast, and every creeping thing, things that Jews don't eat, right? And the, here's the Lord say, "Rise, Peter, kill and eat." And he says, "Not so, Lord. I don't eat stuff like that. That's not kosher." And he has to see this vision three times. And the Lord says, no, I'm "No longer call common what I have cleansed." So God is showing him an allegory of what's about to happen, of the real deal that's about to happen. That the Gentiles, who are on the outside, are about to come in. This is so good. So this happens. They send, the angels tell Scrinish, send some people down to Joppa to get Simon, whose surname is Peter. So he goes, picks him up. Four days later, Peter's standing in this Gentile's house, which is, by the way, against the law of Moses. And he says, you know that it's contrary to my law and to my people to, that I be here, but the Lord is showing me something new. And I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And then Peter preaches the gospel and in verse 43. He's talking about Jesus, and he says, to him, all the prophets witness that whoever believes on him shall receive remission of sins. And upon that gospel being preached right there, whoever believes on him, the scripture says, and while Peter was still speaking these words, these words of Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Wow. Fell upon all those who heard the word. And as many as came with Peter, he brought six Jewish brothers with him. They were astonished because they heard them speaking in tongues. This is something, this is very problematic. Because, the persistent friend has now, all of a sudden, he's in the house, and he got everything that we got. Remember, he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask, and they've been waiting for the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, "Go and wait and pray." Well, Cornelius and those guys didn't know anything about that. They're just there. They hear the gospel. Boom, and then God says, "Here's the gift of the spirit." They start speaking in other tongues. What just happened? We skipped a few steps in how we get people saved. We didn't pray a prayer, we didn't water baptize them, and now all of a sudden they're just speaking in tongues while I'm preaching my message on the gospel. This is jacked up. This is messed up. It's the first Gentile convert, and God wanted to make sure that Peter knew this is not by works. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. As Paul later came to tell us, faith without works is righteousness, while James is preaching to his Jewish brothers, faith without works is dead. That that works is righteousness. Him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Whoa, all of a sudden things got easy, didn't they? See, it's that's the difference between being on the outside and persisting, persisting, and just believing. Because Peter later recounted in, in Acts chapter 15 when they had the big the council in Jerusalem. And he said, God purified their hearts by faith because all I was doing was preaching. When I just preached Jesus, all of a sudden, they got the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was like so easy. They didn't have to, I didn't even get to preach the gospel of the kingdom to them, which was believe and be baptized. I just said, Hoover believes on him, and then boom, it's like God has some kind of different way he's dealing with the Gentile than he is with the Jew. It's the difference between the gospel of Christ, the gospel of the kingdom. And from that day forward, Gentiles were just coming in, coming into the house, coming into the house. They didn't have to, no longer were they on the outside and just friends. But now, he says, now, 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 God has put in you. He has adopted you, and he has given you the spirit of adoption. Not the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. You're in the house now. Turn to somebody and tell them, you're in the house now. See, you get what the Father has. That means your prayers, that's why Paul taught us, that's why the Apostle Paul taught us, he said, whenever, don't don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything, right, and everything, and then he says, let your request be made known with thanksgiving, because the kids get what the Father has, that's why, sending up thanksgiving, thank you Lord, it's mine, I don't have to, I don't have to persevere, persevere, persist, I'm in the house, I'm just going to open the refrigerator and get whatever I want out of here. Because what you have is mine. Isn't this beautiful? Oh, it's good. It's a good life that we have. Let me just remind you tonight, too, how cool this is. Joppa. None of this is accidental. None of this is accidental that Peter is in Joppa. There's a man by the name of Jonah. You've heard the story, right? Got swallowed by what? Whale or a fish? All right. this, is, this is up for controversy, right? Either way, it was a sea creature. But Peter, I mean, but, but Jonah, God tells him to go preach to this place called Nineveh, right? Nineveh, is, they're not Jews. What? That used to blow my mind, like, God, why are you even messing with these people? They're not even Jews. These are heathens, right? And outside, outside of the, of, the, of the Jewish realm, I mean, anybody on the outside, they're just outside. As Paul says, remember that you Gentiles at one time, you were strangers to the covenants of promise. You had no, no covenant with God. And you were without hope and without God in the world. This was your reality. And God's eyes were only on his people. Jesus said, I'm not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, Right? So we know God's affection is on his people. There was no revelation of Gentiles coming in until that story of Cornelius. But now, um, God says, Jonah, I want you to go and preach to Nineveh. And what's his message to Nineveh? Anybody remember? See? Many people say repent, but he never says to them repent. Matter of fact, the message that Jonah brings to Nineveh is utterly a hopeless message. And this is it. Yet, 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. Yet 40 days, and Nineveh will be destroyed. This is his entire message. He's walking the, the whole length of the city. God's told him, yet 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's the whole story. There's no repent, and maybe God will have mercy on you. None of that is in the message. Yet 40 days, and Nineveh will be destroyed. But it says that the people believed the Word of God. Go read it. Go read it tonight. It's only four chapters, I think. It says they believed the Word of God. Now, this is interesting. And when they believed, it says God repented. It said, okay, you're good. And this is what ticked Jonah off, because Jonah knew God would do that. He knew God was going to do that, and he says, now I look like the false prophet. And that's why he tried to run. But watch this. Jonah left a town called Joppa, actually to run from God. And he ended up being spewed up by the well at a place called Tarshish, which is also Tarsus. Where Saul of Tarsus, the apostle to the Gentiles, was born. And then from Tarsus went and preached to the Gentiles. Peter got the door opened from Joppa. Peter, oh, what's his name? Son of, come on, Simon, Peter, son of, you don't know his dad's name? His dad's name is Jonah. Jonah. Simon bar Jonah, Simon son of Jonah. That's what it means. Is God a genius or what? That is phenomenal to me. That whole story is us. The whole story of Nineveh, a Jew going to the people in Nineveh, is, the, is just a, a picture of the New Testament, of the church, us coming into the kingdom of God. Otherwise, it makes no sense at all to what God was doing in the earth back then except he just showed us what he wants to do in the earth. Woo! Saved us all from judgment because we believe the gospel, and that's what happened at Cornelius' house. They believed, and God gifted them with the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's really good. Not, not, no, not, not because I'm saying it. it's because it's here, the word is so rich. Verse 12, I'm almost through. Matthew chapter 7, right? Verse 12. Let's all read this together. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and prophet. There's the golden rule, right? How many of you learned that when you were little? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, love your neighbor as yourself. That's why Paul later said, all of it, this is it. This is the number one thing. Love your neighbor yourself. It's really summed up to this one thing. Amen. Verse 13, enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. I want you to understand that Jesus is talking, all of this is under the context of the law. Gentiles have made this try to be applicable to them and it's not. Okay, this is not difficult for us. Jesus made it very easy for us to believe on him. All right, This is this, the way of the law. That is, if you, if you live by the law, you have to live by the entire law. That's why, what he's talking about. This gate is narrow, and it is hard to keep all the rules. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears fruit, but a bad tree bears fruit bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. What's he talking about? He's he's talking about these who are either good teachers or false teachers, all right? Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone, watch, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who, what, does the will of my Father in heaven. Now, let me ask you this. What does that have to do with you doing the will of God to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Is that that the message to you? That you do the will of the Father? And hopefully your good outweighs the bad? What's Jesus talking about here? You do the will of my Father. Well, what is His will? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? It's Again, I've got to come back to but for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of doing, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That's what I'm talking about. You've got to understand the difference between the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of Christ, who does the will of my Father and have many will say to me in that day, which day is he talking about? Heather's birthday? What day is he talking about? In that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. What day is he talking about? Come on, help me. He's talking about the judgment day. The day, right? In that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? Man, when I was growing up, our pastor could preach the living, scare the living daylights out of us with this verse right here. I mean, just, pound. see, even people who cast out devils are going to hell. Even people who prophesy are going to hell. Just because you do those don't mean that you've got a secure place in heaven. I mean, just kill us with it, right? And I'm always like, well, I've got to get to that altar by the end of church today then and invite him back in just in case, Right? It's the same thing over and over again no real belief in jesus it's all belief in me being good for jesus right lord lord have we not see not everybody who says lord boy they could preach that so well and so terribly at the same time and he says and i will declare to them watch i never knew you know hang on hang on my legalistic preacher You're preaching a, a message about me backsliding, but Jesus isn't talking about backslider. He's talking about people he never knew. Now, it can't be both. He says, I never knew you. You know what that means? They were never saved. Hmm. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, in that day, watch, have we not prophesied in your name? Have uh, cast out demons in your day? Now, watch what Jesus says. Then I would declare to them, I never knew you. In other words, no, liars. If you'd done it in my name, I would have known that. But I never knew you, so I don't even know what you're talking about. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. These guys are just making up something, right? They're just making it up. He says, I never knew you. You didn't do that in my name. Think about that. But let's say, let's say just for a moment that maybe there's some truth to what they're saying. I don't, I don't see from what Jesus' response is that there is any truth to it. But look at the gall. Look at the audacity of these guys. But, but didn't I do this and didn't I do that and didn't I do this and didn't I do... Oh, so you think this is a merit system? So you're fully trusting in yourself then. Uh, Who do we trust for eternal life? Ourselves or Him? Standing there with these frivolous, Lord, Lord, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. Yeah, confessing Him as Lord now is what counts. There, it's too late. Because every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord then. Obviously, they're not all going to be there. Right? We say, Lord, here. He says in that day, not this day, in that day. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, they're going to be, I mean, they're going to be desperate. They're going to be looking for anything they possibly can to hold on to. I think that's all I wanted to give you tonight. Is that all right? Oh, I had some more. No, I've got to be done. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this time together. Thank You, Lord, for these precious people. Thank You for Your Word and the revelation and the illumination, the life that is in Your Word. It's life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh. Thank You for Your Spirit who is in Your Word. It's not just a letter, but, Lord, it's the Spirit who gives life. It's the Word and the Spirit in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light. The Spirit and the Word. made the Spirit and the Word do your will tonight in us. The Spirit and the Word tonight change us, mold us, grow us, correct us, lead us, guide us, Fill us. Strengthen us. Instruct us. Help us. Thank You. Thank You, Lord, for Your powerful Word. Just at the hearing of the Word and at the preaching of the Word, Lord, this, this is the release of supernatural abilities here in this room tonight. Release of Your Word. So we receive, Lord, Your truth tonight into our hearts and our lives. Thank You, Lord, that You saved us by grace through faith. Thank you that our Savior was punished for our sins, died for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day. Who gives us hope in His death and hope in His life. and Because we're in Him, we are crucified with Him. And yet we live. Not us, but Christ lives in us in the life that we now live in this flesh. We live by faith in the son of God who loved us and gave himself for us thank you father pray for every household here tonight that grace and peace will be multiplied to them from God our father and the Lord Jesus Christ in Jesus name and now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you all of your house in Jesus' name and, and give you peace. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.